0: How can growers year in and year out successfully navigate through often choppy waters of competition, regulation, pests, crop disease, and a myriad of other issues? A sound agronomic plan emphasizing healthy soil is a massive part of the solution. Sound agronomy is
1: key. You have to be a steward of the land, water, and people. Agriculture is what
0: makes a country. Coming up, we'll hear more from Jose Ramirez, whose innovative approaches have helped farms thrive for more than a decade. Welcome to Redox Grows, an in-depth look at key issues affecting agriculture and the people that make it all happen. I'm Jim Morris with Redox Bionutrients here in Burley, Idaho, and I'm visiting with Jose Ramirez of Buttonwillow Warehouse Company. Good to visit with you, Jose. Good morning, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Redox, for having me here in your excellent podcast. So you've been at Buttonwillow since 2011, working in the salad bowl of the world Salinas and the Watsonville areas. I remember the first time I saw those areas. They are magnificent farming areas. Tell me more about the work that you do, Jose. I was born
1: and raised in the Salinas Valley and have been around agriculture all my life. I am passionate about what I do. I mainly advise farmers on growing practices, both crop protection and plant nutrition, as well as biostimulation in basically all the berries that are commercially grown in the state of California. My territory uh, is from Watsonville all the way down to Oxnard and into central Mexico. But uh, but the primary focus is to grow better quality berries uh, year-round and being a good steward of the environment, the land, the water, and taking care of the community.
0: The coastal climate is great for vegetables and strawberries. The latter crop is a billion-dollar crop in your region. But with farming, there are always challenges. So what are some of the big issues that the growers that you're working with are dealing with?
1: Currently, the two main challenges that I've seen, one being uh, the hand labor. Uh, there's a shortage of hand labor, uh, even with the... Uh, Federal-assisted programs like the H-2A programs, we still have issues with hand labor. That's a big challenge because in—I'll give you an example. In cane berry production, uh, it takes a lot of manpower to put up those uh, mackerel tunnels or, as they're known, hoop houses. And secondly, the uh, abiotic stress that we get from saline conditions, uh, especially from saltwater intrusion and soils that are high in sodium— uh, naturally, uh, those are two challenges that the agricultural community in the coastal counties, especially where these berries are grown, were facing.
0: Labor has been a challenge for agriculture for quite some time. Also, the salinity issue. California is a wonderful place to grow crops. It's been the nation's number one ag state for decades. However, they've had drought, other issues that really do affect the salinity as well as just enough water to go to crops. Is there a, any resolution anytime soon for those two issues that you mentioned?
1: Well, the use of reclaimed water, especially in certain water districts in within the counties, seems to help, but again, some of this reclaimed water contains other ions or, or nutrients that can be detrimental to for plant growth. The solutions that I see are with the biostimulants, both carboxylic acids uh, microbiology. Uh, Osmoregulators and the like. I think biosimilants are playing and will continue to play a big role in mitigating the abiotic stress caused by salinity.
0: That being said, it is a new area. It's an emerging area for agriculture. You are optimistic then that as the years progress that more farmers will be adapting these inputs and putting them into practice? Absolutely.
1: As farmers continue to witness that the practices from 10 years ago are no longer being effective Uh, today, uh, they're going to start welcoming the use of these biostimulants. And as these biostimulants that I've been talking about get better, uh, get more complex, and we weed away the non-efficacious ones, I believe the farmer is going to gain stronger confidence in them, and is gonna adapt them in their farming operation. It takes a, a special crop advisor that understands them. He, he or she has to understand them, how do they work, what metabolic pathways, uh, what soils to condition, etc. cetera. It's just not like putting out another fertilizer. You have to know the purpose. You have to, first of all, you have to identify the problem
0: and then you have to react or be preventative. You work with Bill Schwer and Kurt Holswort, agronomist here in Redox. How does the Redox biostimulant technology fit into your work?
1: Redox has uh, specific products that I have been experimenting with for at least two years now, Uh, one of them being the Mainstay SI and the Dermaplex, uh, of course, the Mainstay calcium also. And I've seen some good plant response from these, uh, improved uh, berry quality and also improved uh, soil tilth or flocculated soils.
0: The weather is not always ideal, even in a place like California. The past spring was evidence of that. There was a lot of flooding, a lot of stress on the plants. And how did they recover based on some of the technology that we've discussed today? Did you see a faster recovery or at least a full recovery?
1: The recovery was uh, impressive. We got a lot of rain too quick. If one would drive through the 101, uh, it was bare On both sides. Uh, The Salinas River really took a a toll on homes, on on crops, and we did have a six-week, I would say, an average throughout the Valley, Salinas Valley and and the Pajaro Valley, of uh, delayed production. But with the help of biostimulants, some of your products, of course, Redux and others, uh, we were able to make a crop and then get a decent yield, at least for the farmer to break even or make a little bit of money to continue investing in California
0: agriculture. How important is sound agronomy? Sound
1: agronomy is key for many reasons. You have to be a steward of the land, water, and people. You have to know when and how to apply these agronomical principles. For example, peak demand of nutrients. Uh, Certain nutrients are needed more at certain phenological stages than others. Especially in the coastal areas, we have to watch our nitrate uh, inputs. So I believe having biostimulants develop a good uh root system that it's gonna help uh absorb more efficiently water and nutrients or NUE. Having a well balanced plant with the proper nutrients changes plant sap. You have less incidence of disease, less instances of of insect pressure of herbivores. And then uh using the biostimulants, uh carboxylic acids, Uh, Osmoregulators, regulators, uh, metabolites, all this helps with abiotic stress, whether being cold, hot, uh, saline conditions, under-irrigated, over-irrigated, the use of biostimulants will help.
0: You work with conventional and organic growers. What are some of the similarities and differences in these two different growing methods?
1: Conventional farming and organic farming has two primarily objectives, yield, ROI, Quality is also important because uh, they also get paid on quality, the majority of them. The difference is that you can apply organic products in conventional cropping systems, but you can't uh, do the opposite. What I like to do is I like to implement what I call uh, an integrated approach where I order, for example, Mace CSI Organic uh, approved by CDFA, And I use it on both cropping systems, conventional and organic. I do this uh, to reduce uh, warehouse space, but also to avoid confusion out in the field and make things easier for the farmer. What I want the farmer to do is apply the material rather than him uh, debating which one to use. So I try to make it as easy as I can for the farmer recommending the right product.
0: CDFA means California Department of Food and Agriculture. Sound data is important in any work, and agriculture is certainly no exception. So can you tell me about the trials you've worked on with strawberries and cane berries?
1: I like to do what I call commercial agricultural trials, uh, anywhere from 5 to 10 acres, depending on the the crop and depending on the way the farmer has his uh, irrigation system Built around his uh, acreage. I like to do comparisons uh, where I'll take 10 acres and I'll do a complete program, say six to eight applications uh, of different products, and throughout the weeks measure yield. Uh, of course, some of the information I cannot provide because it's proprietary varieties, but we can always do that, you know, getting the permission of, of the grower. And that's one of the ways I determine. If a program is working or not, or for certain product it needs to be lowered, or or I have to increase the the, the rate. Also, using different localities uh, in in the Central Coast, we have a lot of microclimates. Uh, I'll give you an example. We go to the Hollister San Juan Bautista area. It's a much more warmer, drier area than the Marina uh, castro area. I mean, we we have the marine layer in the summer, and that makes uh it makes it tougher. The plants are under a different type of stress where photosynthesis rates are not as high as something in the uh, interior of, uh,
0: of the valley. You need that confidence from the trials that the products are working and they're going to help the growers get their best results. And the growers need that as well, correct? Because farmers face a lot of challenges each and every year. Even if it's a great weather year, there's other factors that can contribute. So confidence through these trials is very important at your end and at the farming end as well? That is correct, and I'm glad you're really
1: focusing on this because in the past, and when I say the past, over more than 10 years ago, I would come with uh, data from different sources, third-party university, and uh, the reply I would get would be like, Jose, well, yeah, that's in, uh, in another part of the world or another part of the state. Show it to me here. And that opened the door to doing in-house, what I call in-house trials, like, okay, let's do it in your farm, with your irrigator, with your equipment, and you get to see the results firsthand. So that's a big plus. So you have a work connection with Mexico. Tell me more about that. We have an affiliate in uh, Central Mexico called BWC, Agro de Mexico, where we were asked by uh, American farmers to open up a, a branch down there since they were going to be farming. Some of them uh, did end up uh, putting farming operations in in Central Mexico. Some of them them didn't. Again, uh, in Mexico, people tend to think that there's a lot of people that want to work in agriculture, but the reality is that there's a lot of industry now in Central Mexico, one being the automobile industry. uh, There's a lot of, uh, I'll leave out the names, but a lot of companies that have landed in in Central Mexico putting up shops. uh, And not only that, but shoes and, and clothing and, those people prefer working under enclosed environments, air conditioning, rather than working out in the 80-degree weather and humid. So, yes, uh, BWC Agro de Mexico is in central Mexico, Irapuato, Guanajuato. And we are mainly servicing growers that are dealing with high-value crops, and that includes berries, but also agave, agave. Also, uh, avocados and greenhouse-grown tomatoes in high technology greenhouses.
0: We also have a mutual connection with Cosmocell in Monterrey, Mexico. What are your thoughts? I had the pleasure, thanks
1: to uh, Redox USA, and, and especially thanks to Court, uh, the rep in in my area, in my what I call home base. My home base would be Salinas, Watsonville. Uh, I was asked to uh, participate in a agricultural encounter, if I translate it correctly. AgroEncuentro in Guadalajara, Jalisco, where uh, they wanted a individual from California to talk on intensive strawberry production in California. And I had the pleasure to meet some of the key people in Cosmosel. And in my clientele, there is a majority of, of them that use Cosmosel products. And in Mexico, in certain growing operations, I have recommended some Cosmosel products. Along with ours, for synergy to really uh, go hand in hand and, and do good for the for the farmer. again, I'm always trying to do the best for the farmer.
0: How frequently do you head to Mexico, and what are your thoughts about the country?
1: I go to Mexico once a month uh, during peak season, uh, normally three to four days during uh, non-peak uh, one week to two weeks. Uh, I do have three agronomists that report to me. I have one in the West. Uh, Guadalajara, Colima, right into there, and two in in Bajio and s- Central Mexico, basically um, closer to Mexico City, Queretaro. What do I think of the country? I think the country has a lot of potential. Uh, obviously, it has its its challenges. In some parts, it's not too safe, in, in others, it is. But we always take our uh, our precautions. Uh, we leave early, eh? uh, meaning from the base and we come back early uh we use toll roads uh we rather pay toll roads and then than take these uh highways that are not so populated and that's where a lot of the crime happens but uh i think it has a lot of potential and i, I hope the uh, mexican government uh starts getting more interested in 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 agriculture because to me And I'm I'm sure others can agree, agriculture is what makes a country.
0: The agricultural industry in Mexico comprises about 4% of their income for the country, so probably a lot of room for growth there. One of the top crops you mentioned is agave. I'd be interested just briefly on what does that look like, what's it used for, your thoughts on that crop.
1: Absolutely. Blue agave is a plant that it takes a... from four to five years to really get a good uh, yield. It looks like a desert plant without the thorns. And in my opinion, we are overplanted in Mexico with that crop and that's what's driving the price down. Actually, farmers are uh, selling their, their land now with, with the actual crop still there because the price has gone down and their expectations of the price getting better are slim to none. And I think the misconception that uh, just because there's uh, American influence down there, like these Hollywood stars putting their name behind the the tequila bottle or the brand name, that it's really going to take off. Uh, I really think that's going to come to a a grinding halt pretty soon. I also th- think that uh, it's not a sound uh, environmental stance to overplant with that and remove trees from from these uh, hills. Uh, I still think
0: we need the trees for for all the good benefits that the trees have. I appreciate your long-term perspective and also looking at the environment as part of the equation. You travel a fair amount, so you were in Austria and Switzerland recently. Tell me about that. Oh, yes. That was a
1: uh, personal um, getaway with my wife, but I always make my getaways. I escape, and while she's doing a little bit of shopping, I I go to the farmers' markets and I start uh, conversating with the uh, agriculturists and and the people that are selling the goods. And I was recently in Salzburg, Austria, where I was delighted to taste some of the best uh, strawberries that I've tasted in Europe thus far. And I asked the merchant there where she acquired them from, and she said from a local greenhouse. And I was really pleased to uh, to learn that uh They have uh, high regards for U.S. uh, strawberries as well because uh, U.S. strawberries have made it to the U.K. and then from the U.K. to these uh, Central
0: European uh, communities. This fruit is probably only going to get more popular. I imagine it offers a lot. Do you like strawberries as a consumer too? I could eat them all day in every
1: way and form. Strawberries are really important because... On Sundays, you know, some free time, I go to Costco and I see I see how the kids and the young kids and the moms get super excited when they see the red. It's like the red is much more uh, attractive than the other colors. And oh, mom, strawberries, you know, and that make that makes my heart smile. I mean, it, because why? Because it's we're you know we're we're creating jobs we're 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 taking care of the earth you know working alongside farmers. To me, farmers have been sustainable for years. You know all these you know key words nowadays that we hear sustainable, regenerative. It's all good, but I think the farmer has always been a sustainable individual. If not, he we wouldn't exist.
0: One of your posts I saw on social media that really impressed me, and I want to ask you about that. It said, complacency is a hindrance in any business that sets forth continued innovation as a key objective. That's why I don't stop at looking at different tools being offered in today's boom of all of the sustainability practices being talked about. The final test is in the field, orchard, greenhouse. Comment more on that. You're passionate. You need the results. And you need to keep moving forward, correct? That is correct. I
1: am a welcoming party. During the peak season, I get like seven or eight calls from different manufacturers from different parts of the world uh, wanting me to meet with me and, 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 and uh, trial their products. I, I have to be conservative because uh, I don't have all the time in the world. I wish I had. Uh, so I try to pick out the best. You know, I do my due diligence and doing some research beforehand, uh, and, and I try to pick out the best products to trial. But I think if we are not innovative and we don't continue with that innovation and we just stop and say, here it is, the buck stops here and this is all, we're going to fall behind. Pragmatic innovation, I learned this from my boss, pragmatic innovation is also important. We have to position the products where they are needed. One product is not for everybody, but one product can be for a lot.
0: You're in Burley this week with several dozen other top people in agriculture from throughout the U.S. for our master class. That delivers on a core tenet of our company, the critical importance of education. What do you get out of the master class?
1: I love to learn. And I'm the type of individual that may not be so expressive in appreciating what I learn from other people, but I'll take this opportunity i'm really grateful for uh for all the companies redox being one of them uh, of course my company button willow who i work for uh i learned from my peers i learned from from farmers i learned from irrigators i learned from uh, harvesters learning is, is is something that should be in our vocabulary every day but also i like to give i like to give everything that i know uh i've acquired you know through learning through experimenting with me there's no secrets if you keep secrets there's nothing more that's going to penetrate you that's and you're not going to be able to give more
0: you're going to peter out when you see that strong production in the fields for example the beautiful red berries and all that went into it how does that make you feel first of
1: all i'm really happy for the farmer and for his or her employees because he was able to, you know, provide for their families. The harvesters were able to put food on the table. Many Americans or and many people around the globe, because uh, California is known for a lot of exports of, of berries. Really proud of that. I'm proud of uh, the company that I work for, and of course I got to pat myself on the back. You know, I'm there sometimes even on Sundays, and it's not because I wasn't working hard th- during the rest of the week. It's just that I'm passionate about it. I care. You know, I was there yesterday before coming to uh, Burley. I, I walked like 200 acres, and uh, I was evaluating the spray that we did for for rot over the weekend, and it was a bio-rational spray. And uh, we had some, uh, some mainstay in there, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, we had some mainstay and I, I really liked the, the effect it had on the green fruit, not so much on the red fruit, because whatever happened, we had a little rain. So the red fruit is pretty much uh, he the grower is going to have to just pick through it, put it in the ditch. But what's coming up here in the next seven, eight days is going to be some good, good fruit, uh, high bricks and really good quality.
0: You are passionate and you're a difference maker. And both of those are so needed in our world. I really appreciate your time and perspective, Jose.
1: Thank you for having me here. I am always open to share my experiences with uh, the agricultural community. Yes, I I represent Button Willow Warehouse Company. Yes, I use Redox products, but more importantly, I'm here for American agriculture, agriculture as a whole.
0: With that attitude, if we all can communicate and get the best results, everyone wins at the end, not only the growers, but the environment and consumers as well. Button Willow has been helping farmers for more than a half century. We are very thankful that they're a great ag retailer working with us, and their website is bwcag.com. We are at redoxgrows.com. Please check out our website. You can also email us at podcast at com if you have questions or comments. Thanks for listening.